And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. It was very good. And behold, it was Hello, very everybody. good. Here we are. <laughs> what a start. That was seamless. How Welcome is everybody? Weird. Oh, it's season two. Season two, here we are. Season two. We're kicking, we, we are kicking season two right off, aren't we, Shush? It's so exciting. I'm so excited to be back. I've missed you all. Hope, yeah. you, hope you're doing okay. I feel like this podcast gives me life. Yeah. And without it, too. there was a little less life. And that's not fun. <laughs> that's no. not fun. Let's bring more life, you know? Yeah. Oh. Well, we're back. Thanks for yeah, coming we're back. back. And we're Appreciate here, you and we're blabbering on like always. So, let's uh, let's, let's let's introduce though. I am I'm Dan. I'm Shush, and today we have Rosie. Rosie! Yay! <laughs> oh, so exciting! Rosie from Wellington. From Wellington, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, this, are you our first overseas guest? You are our first You're... overseas guest. Sounds right. Sounds right. Of course, it was always meant to be this way. Always. It was always meant to be this way. Rosie, how are you? I'm honoured. Thank you for asking me and for flying me in via Microsoft Teams. Yeah, we've got a big budget nowadays. Season two is really, it's climbed up. We've got a huge budget. We've got the sponsorship coming up. Yeah, yeah, we're sponsored by Qantas. That's pretty New Zealand. No, Air New Zealand, that's good. We're sponsored by them. Anyway. And Squarespace. Squarespace, yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's a fast five, it's a fast five, it's a fast five. It's a fast five, it's a... <laughs> oh, All right, so well, let's, let's get started with a bit of a, an interesting fast five. Let's so, do it. Rosie, we, we like to ask five silly questions. Just to get okay. to know you a bit better. So nice. don't think too much about it. Just whatever mm-hmm. comes to mind. We're all friends here. This is an open space. There's no walls put up. You can, <laughs> you can, you can, you can break them down if they were. It's fine. So uh, Shush, would you like to start or do you want me to start? I'll start. I'll start. My question is, are you the type of person who names your car? And if so, what is the name of your car? Oh, no. I'm not the type of person who name my car. But um, I've named the flowers on my top. How about that? Oh. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's incredible. You, what are their names? Now you have to tell us. Yeah, you have to. That, they're all nonsense names. That's the worst part. Scott and I like to make up terrible names for things. His uh, favourite one is like Schmonthony. So he combines two known, two known names and you smush them together. It's a real talent. <laughs> Schlamuel is another one. It's, yeah, it's... It's That's weird, good. but we love it. It's That's free entertainment, better. guys. We're not sponsored. So. <laughs> all right, all right. I've got one, and it's food related. And oh, it's I love a big food. question. This is this might be controversial. We might get inundated with emails about this one. Right. Is cereal soup? Ah. And if so, why or why not? Ooh. You know, why or why not? I feel like it could be, do you know, like if you've got a high enough carrot content in your cereal and then you put it in milk and put it in the microwave, it'll be like a hot soup. Yeah, are you, are I, you I think Are you claiming that carrot content defines soup? I, I feel like vegetable content could define okay. soup, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you've got enough grains, you've got enough, is there tomato in cereal? Probably not, it's disgusting. 
But, you know, grains, wheat, they talk yeah. about that. They're like, yeah, ignore that it's 80% sugar. Yeah. It has a small amount. There's a tiny bit of wheat in there. fibre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got some durum wheat. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. I... I'm like spiraling over here being like, cereal soup? Cereal yeah. what? I'm just yeah. you know, having a little moment over here. Don't mind me. Um, but we'll question. keep moving. My The third fast five question is, mm-hmm. um, have you ever had a haircut that you just just regret? And what was it? Oh, yes, two. One of them, I was four years old and I got a legit bowl cut and my dad was in a newspaper for something he'd done and I just have the worst bowl cut in all of history. <laughs> and then my second worst haircut was, um, I like to change my hair colour a lot and I also like saving money so I can buy other things and more things <laughs> at op shops. So I cut some corners and I went to like a trainee and she burnt my hair off. And so it turned into like mullet down the sides. This was only two years ago. I still get PTSD. I shouldn't drive. Uh, but I do it was terrible and it was like all broken off at the top so I had like a little monk crown and then like long mullet sides and so to uh, fix the damage they're like we'll dye it pink and so we dyed it bright pink which was such a look it kept breaking so I dyed it blue and uh, there's just this horrible photo of Scott is graduating from um, his diploma that he's got and he looks beautiful in this corduroy cloak um, which is like a real sign of mana here in New Zealand it's like made of feathers and then my hair is bright sonic hedgehog blue with like bits of shorts this is that was only last year but I match his cloak and I just look like I've kind of walked out of a bush and I'm perching <laughs> on the side of him being like good job on your diploma man so yeah that was a terrible terrible haircut oh man well your hair looks Please. beautiful now like just so thank you <laughs> it's been a journey the journey walked to um Emmaus yeah it's been it's been rough <laughs> <laughs> all right my question is have you named your Wi-Fi? And if so, what oh. is it? Oh, we haven't. Isn't that sad? Oh, no. I know. And our password's still like FKJ <laughs> HH9. Yeah, it's terrible. No, I haven't. Um, I've got friends that name their stuff the funniest, mm. like get your own Wi-Fi loser, things like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. our one's still like Vodafone 90Y. So uh, okay. what does that say about us? <laughs> There's that classic pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. That's a good one. Oh, that's, that's good. funny. Yeah. What about like sister Wi-Fis? That could be funny. Like sister oh, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fis, but Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's all right. Oh. I like that. Yeah, good input. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, we have something very exciting. It this is, is a exciting. first on seven days. Mm-hmm. We nice. have put the feelers out to our listeners to provide Ooh. the fifth question of our Fast Five. We have. Exciting. And we have a fellow, a fellow seven-day uh, alumni. Lo- yeah. That's the right word, isn't it? Sick. Chris, uh, Christopher Green, who was Sick on our second ever e- episode, <laughs> has, has, has sent in and he has said, I've been an avid listener for seven days. <laughs> His question is, would you rather teeth for hair or hair for teeth? Ooh. Look, I feel like question, teeth for Chris. hair would be like Pirates of the Caribbean. I could do like a, either Jack Sparrow or his nemesis, you know, kind of braid them together or yeah. have little ponytails. Whereas I think the idea of constantly swallowing your own hair as teeth. Oh, you, I guess you can be like those whales, you know. They've yeah. got the, um, yeah, it'd those be things. like you'd have to eat krill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I was just choking on my hair teeth. <laughs> oh, man. 
Thanks, Chris. Well, thank you. That's thanks deeply unsettling, Chris. Thank yeah, well, you. Done. well done, Chris. Thanks for listening for seven days. That's great. <laughs> thanks for being an avid listener for seven days. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so, also, well, shout out, though, to any listeners. If you have a Fast Five question, we're going to do this every week. So, if you have yeah. questions, send it in to worshiparts at salvationarmy.org.au. Is that our email? Did I get it right? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds right. We'll post it in the... It'll be underneath us anyway. Facebook, Instagram. In a little bit. Find us. We're around. Especially if you've been an avid listener for seven days. Especially if you're an avid listener for seven days. (laughs) Well, there you go. You survived, Rosie. Well done. I made it. I made it. We know a bit more about you. We know you don't like krill. Mm -hmm. It's a fast So, Rosie, we're so excited that you've joined us today. Um, you're an amazing person and we could talk uh, about you, but we'd rather to hear it from you. So, you know, we could just so rave. I'm an amazing person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could just rave about you. But, no, we would love to hear a bit. We call it like an origin story. We'd love to hear a bit about, I guess, your background. You're a, a wonderful spoken word artist, so a bit about your background in spoken word, uh, but also as a follower of Jesus. So what is your journey been like and you know has it interlaced just a a five minute overview you don't have to give us like moment by moment but just an overview would be awesome well I was born on no um (laughs) let me see well I think that something that was really beautiful about my family growing up was that uh, my mum really brought the word of God alive in our family mm. so this is my mum my dad me and my three brothers um, and so we'd read the Bible um, every night as a family and pray together um, which sounds like it'd be you know a little bit repetitive and as you're when you're a teenager we didn't have like smartphones back then so you only had landlines oh my gosh I'm a thousand uh, <laughs> but you know every time someone would call you in the evening and it was like kind of at the time when you're doing devotions together I have to be like I'll call you back we're reading the bible and yet um, that was something that set me up in real good stead yeah it was hard to explain especially as like a wild teenager who partied a lot was you know then they're like I'm sorry I can't talk right now Um, we're praying together as a family but um, my mum used to read us poetry she loved Latin um, and so that was a part of my upbringing Um, my dad is also a really incredible uh, musician and pianist and saxophonist and anything he touches he can play so he's actually touring Sydney at the moment uh, with a band doing different you know like kind of things and so I learned um, piano growing up classical piano for uh, 10 years and it was the bane of my existence Um, and so you know you can't really watch tv and practice Um, but yeah I was uh, um, at like 15 16 I was an award-winning classical pianist Uh, and I was also really rugged Um, if you guys have rugged is that you know like just a bit like dressed pretty sloppy and stuff so I'd show up to these kind of um, awards competitions and I remember once the person at the door was like are you sure you're supposed to be here so I was like um and that's probably like a bit of a hallmark of my creative ministry since really is that um yeah, I create, I engage with music. God's word is alive to me, um, but it comes in unexpected packages that I maybe don't look or act like um, your prototypical, like acceptable uh, vision of creativity or or a Christian who creates um, in some circles. But at the same time, I've seen that bring real freedom and um, life for people because mm. um, I actually had um, an officer from the Salvation Army in Australia when I was there once for... Um, 
um, a women's conference and she said to me, you're the most yourself of anyone I've met. Mm. And I think that that has been a gift like of my heritage, of my whakapapa, which in um, te reo Māori, uh, the indigenous language of New Zealand, and of my um, family lineage, lineage means like... Um, yeah, that I have been given this gift through my uh, the women of faith in my life and the men of faith that I am able to embody what um, I love about God and create out of response and worship to that without much self-consciousness. Mm. Like sometimes yeah. I'll sing stupid songs on the street to Scott, my husband. Like I like selling, I really like making him laugh. So I'll make up silly songs to make <laughs> him laugh in the street. And sometimes he'll be like, Rosie, people can hear you. And I'll say to him like, who are they to me? You know, who are they to me? Why would that matter? And so for me, I think that's a real um, gift that I want to impart to others as they create is um, that as we magnify God, you know, like Mary's Magnificat, that to magnify comes from like the root word that means to uplift, to extol God, to enlarge as you would like a, a telescope or go down deep like a microscope, like that we are magnifying God in our lives and that's who our artistry is too and we don't really have to make excuses for that mm. so that's part of my history and my artistry and my family and my faith all rolled into one that was beautiful wow and now a celebration story we will honor it all and we want to recognize and, and throw honor because yeah. we want to share them on the podcast Woo-hoo! if you have celebration stories reach out to us <laughs> We will honour it all. All right. Now, listeners, if you remember to the end of last season, we, me and Shush mentioned that we would love to hear your celebration stories. We would love to honour people in local cause or local settings that are doing really good things. So, welcome to our first celebration story. Oh, yeah. Shoshana. Shoshana, I believe you were sent a celebration story by someone. Yeah. Would you, would you care to expand on that for everyone? I would. You know what? I, I'm just going to share the celebration story. So this comes from Deborah and Alan Robinson, um, who are the CEOs at Perth Fortress, and they say this... When COVID-19 struck, our tech team at Perth Fortress responded with, okay, so what can we do? And immediately they set the wheels in motion for what continues to be a significant and growing online ministry. Al and I are proud of this diverse and collaborative team, representing all ages, gender and ethnicity across our core. It is truly a diverse and inclusive team. They serve tirelessly, fight passionately and love abundantly. It's a joy to serve alongside them and see God at work in and through them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah How cool is that? I hope that's encouraging to you people out at Perth Fortress. Cause, yeah. And not just not just them either. I know this is honouring them, but also, like, may this be kind of like a blessing to everyone who has helped out in this tech space, especially yeah. over the last couple of years. But, now nah, we just want to pour out love and honour to you guys. Obviously, you've made a massive impact locally, and that is yeah. great. We, we love you. We love what you do. We honour um, you. Be encouraged. Yeah. You're yeah. amazing. You're fantastic. And we want to take this opportunity on the podcast publicly to say 
thank you for what you do. Now, this is a great reminder. If you have heard this, you forgot that we had put this call out for celebration stories, please, please contact us. As we said, we will honour all. We will honour all. (laughs) Uh, So if you're a core officer or anyone just uh, 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 in a local ministry that wants to honour someone that might have done something tirelessly like these tech guys um, from Mm. Perth Fortress or even in any space, any creative realm, send it to us. You can DM us on Instagram. You can send it through to the Worship Arts Facebook. You can send it through to our email. All of those details will be in the descriptor of this podcast. But huge thank you to the Perth Fortress Tech guys. Well, okay, okay. Uh, uh, we will get really into it. But first, I want to ask something as the most, like, uneducated person on spoken word, right? What is spoken word? Great can you, question. Can you expand on this? It is the most broadest question ever. But, you know, people might not have even heard of the term. Who knows? So let's let's dive into that first and then we'll, we'll go even deeper. Definitely. So we often... Um when I'm teaching spoken word or performing for the first time, that's something that I'll ask, and that's a very um, yeah good way to frame it is what is spoken word, because if you don't have common language, then how can yep. you engage yeah. yep. uh, in a safe or a free way? So for me, um, spoken word, I began writing it when I was unemployed about six or seven years ago. God had led me out of this absolute dream role that I had, um, and I was obeying God and God's voice. God's always spoken really clearly to me, and um, it was just just a time of desperation and despair because mm-hmm. I was like, I can be productive for the kingdom. Like, why would you have me sit around my house on a couch? Um, and so I began writing these things straight from my heart. And uh, as time went on, I began to find that this kind of unadulterated poetry um, had a name, it had a form. And so around the world, spoken word is kind of um, an art form of uh, performance poetry that people engage on topics that are matter most to them, whether sometimes there's um, social or political statements that are woven through that, as that's an extension of that person's character. Um, Yeah, so really it is writing in a way that isn't um, bound to a particular set of rules or form, Mm. like poetry is, uh, with view of sharing or delivering, Mm. um, where your body, your voice, your personality actually gets infused, kind of like a bomb that goes off in the room, whether it's a flower bomb of love and joy or a bomb (laughs) that's like destroying walls and boundaries Uh, so it's all yeah uh, a way that someone said it to me beautifully once in a workshop is um, she said it's heart poetry Mm. and it really is when I think of Mary again I was uh, praying about the podcast before I came on today um, as I'm sure you and so many were as well uh, was that Literally, when Jesus was embodied and encased in human flesh inside Mary, the result was poetry, heart poetry that flowed out of her. And so to me, I was like, when Jesus is embodied in us once again, what comes out is going to be poetry, whether that's that's artistry of the hand or the brush or um, audio or speaking. And so, yeah, that's what spoken word is, just boundless poetry out of your heart meant to be shared. Mm. Yes, mm. that is a great sum up of. You've done that before, haven't you? <laughs> uh, not in that particular. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's, yeah. It's been fresh with the idea of Mary. That's been something that's been in my heart today was Mary's magni- Magnificat as yeah. I was preparing for this. So. That's beautiful, though, because yeah, that is great. And it, it transforms, like, as you said, beyond spoken word. I mean, just mm. taking it out of spoken word for a moment. Like, we have, we're all creative, and, and some of us dabble in lots of different things, right? But it's this overflowing of the heart when, you know, Jesus is lives in us right this is mm. an overflow of, and that's i love the magnificat i always think it's like just a an outpouring right of this heart in, yeah. in beauty where mm. whatever that looks like mm. oh yes loving it i googled it beforehand as well because i wondered what magnificat meant and that was where the root words of magnifying stuff came from but i also read that at different times in history the magnificat was banned uh from being said out loud yeah because it was such a political statement and so i think it was guatemala and uh, another maybe another couple of countries on top of that in the 70s and 80s when women especially um like their children had been disappeared in scare quotes they've been taken away um and so this magnificat got posted just the words of it all around the city as uprising so they passed a law saying that the Magnificat could not be recited because there's such political um, embodied implications to the justice that comes out of that hope and that peace and that evangelism so yeah I just think that's powerful hot dang Woohoo! I love that. I love that that's like a V for Vendetta movie or something that's great it's so good yeah Um, okay so Surely there's not... So all I hear from you is basically authenticity, right? Like, like that's basically all I hear. And you've said that. Like, what, what was the quote? The, you, you're the most yourself that anyone has ever seen, right? Mm. Like, like... Mm. And, well, that's what she said. Well, that's what she <laughs> said, yeah. That's yeah, the quote yeah. going around on Google. If you Google your name, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what, what comes up. And <laughs> the, the, I guess, the line between... You as the unexpected package that you mentioned before, and then also mm. going into this unadulted poetry that has no bounds and can't mm. be walled in, can't be, mm. can't be held. Like that's just you being you, and who mm. you are is a reflection of who God is, right? Mm. Like, and that is yeah. just so powerful, and something that probably we need to all be aspiring to, right? And something that, like, if you're struggling creatively, create creatively. <laughs> Uh, like that concentration back on creator first will bring that mm. about. Is is do you find that that is because you are confident in who you are in Christ more than anything else? Or like there's obviously personality traits, but mm. when you think about it, is that just because you feel so solid in your own identity with God that that is the overflow of it? That's a really good question. Um, I think that there are probably two aspects to it, you know, that nature versus nurture, as you almost say. So if you think about um, nurture being family um, in this particular regard, so my father's Māori, but we grew up in an adopted Pākehā family, and so um, being the exceptional creative he was in some ways, um, I hope this isn't too personal for me to share on his behalf, but this is his story, was that um, that probably gave him a level of mightiness that meant that he was a little bit insulated um, even as he withstood and continues to withstand a lot of racism. Yeah. Uh, and so my history is, you know, I'm a Pākehā presenting a woman with Māori lineage, whereas my father obviously looks Māori, and yet uh, standing in his own self and his confidence of who he was, of um, excellence, meant that he had a level of robustness that he passed on to me. So mm. I suppose that is that kind yeah. of nurture But in terms of nature, nature after God, I know that's not how it's used in the show, social 
sociological sphere. But I think you are right that um, God has always talked to me so physically I guess you'd say like I've heard the audible voice of God twice and I don't say that lightly like both times well the first time I heard it I was like I'm gonna die <laughs> the second yeah. time I was like that was uh before I started this role uh, the role that I've just come out of where God said I give you the woman and it was just so clear um but I always have felt God's voice so clearly in my head uh and part of my um I don't want to call it conversion story it was more of a um decision to follow Jesus seriously was um part of that was the experience of praying in tongues um, and realizing that before I'd made an active decision to follow God, in fact, I was partying, living wild, riding off cars, which is probably why I didn't name them, um, <laughs> was that I was <laughs> praying <laughs> praying in tongues in that time. Um, and I didn't know what it was. And mm-hmm. so when God finally revealed what that was, I was like, but I wasn't following you then. So why were you giving me gifts of the spirit when I wasn't, mm-hmm. like I was actively ignoring you. And so that was part of my, yeah, deepness of faith is I'm like actually God loves me he loves us it's not tit for tat it's always Mm -hmm. and so there is this bizarre level of loyalty not out of obligation but out of just this absolute confidence that God is who God says God is and um, God will do whatever God wants because he loves us and yeah I suppose that is part of it that creativity is I'm like I can be completely myself with God, the pain, the heart. Like, he already knows it. I remember my core officer, uh, Denise Crump, when I was, like, 17, my first ever core officer, I thought the Salvation Army was so weird at 17. (laughs) And she said, uh, said, I was like, why are they all in uniforms? And she said to me, uh, or she said in a sermon, like, if every single thing you were thinking was written up on a whiteboard, you know, what would it say? And I was like, oh, my goodness. And so the whole, like, sermon point was like, hey, kind of, not be better, but like, let's try and refine our thoughts. But to me, I was like, oh, so everything I think God already knows and mm-hmm. God still loves me. So mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm sad, when I'm distressed, when I'm depressed, when I'm feeling awful, when I'm feeling apathetic, all of these things, I'm like, God still loves me and accepts me. So my praise and worship is not only owed, but it gets to be a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I do feel that. I don't know, nothing will separate us from God and it's I don't feel like anything is more real than that for me. I know that it's a luxury as well. Not a luxury, but you know, I know not everybody's yeah. uh experience is as tangible. So yeah. I do I do make space for that. Hmm. Yeah. Let's right now have a listen to Here Comes a Bride, a spoken word by Rosie Keane. My mother left the church because the pastor was a sexist. Say it again, Rosie, for the people in the back. My mother left the church because the pastor was a sexist. My mother, vital prophet Ruach, breath of the spirit, singing, screaming, sighing through her very veins. Now, this is the shame she was an organ, playing the wedding march to the king of the divine. Here comes the bride, And yet stops can be wrought out of scripture and choke out music over time. Silence. My mother left the church because the pastor was a sexist. My mother left the church small c because the pastor had a god small g who said there wasn't enough room for the word of God. Big W, big G, and you, and you, and you, and me but that a man had to interpret and intervene and she is just a woman, not a Margot Day with me. Seven sexist elders sit in senseless silence as the sheep 
Come woof, come pasta, sits the pasture ablaze for the ladies. My mother left the church because the pastor was a sexist. Deep sigh, bone weary, bloody feminist. Sit down and shut the front door because the Holy Spirit already left when you began administering a hundred thousand volt shock treatment electrotherapy to the women calling it ministry. We're zapping the crap out of a short circuit fried verse in one Timothy send the ladies to therapy. They make me weary and silence half the church. The Savior has risen. He has appeared to me. Mary, tell me, where have you laid him? Mary, gardener, show me so I might save him. I brought herbs to anoint his body so that he might stinketh not. But I can't see because of the tears that fill my hair that I swear still smells like spikenard sometimes when it's hot. And when I bought it, it was the strongest compulsion and the slightest whim at the same time. But tell me where he is. I'll carry him on my own back as he did me and mine and I poured this on his feet and I just wish I could have done more to save him why this waste beautiful tasteless extravagance meets and knows this shameless grace why this waste my story be told why this waste it sounds like nonsense to us did you know that Junia was outstanding among the apostles she was a woman leading the churches in the early centuries as recorded in the book of Romans but the scholars got a jealous, a bit hot under the collar so they stripped her of her priestly collar and her uterus, replaced it with a collar of their own making, remaking her junius a man. For no other reason than she was a woman. It sounds like nonsense to us. See, my mother left the church because the pastor was a sexist, yeah, but water always flows in the direction of the least resistance. So how many were really there that day? Those seven sexist elders sat in senseless silence awarding women nothing. See, we lord a lord who flips tables. Yes, we lord a lord who smashes icons, yeah. But we are Jerusalem, crying out for a conquering king while enslaving women. You want my coat? Slap my face? Let poverty-stricken children make it anyway and I will slap you back. Many men and women line up to tell me that I'm too caught up in this equality thing as if mutual servanthood is our... What's the word? optional. And so the bride of Christ, she's subsumed into some kind of creepy caterpillar. A thousand limbs. Not much of a body. A name brand head. Silence. No authority. You try and make me salute false unity. And so I have to work hard just to know Jesus. To not be distressed beyond the point of hearing what he says to she. For in God it's we. And not let my senses be dulled by constant trauma. But look, I can't ignore it and I am done making excuses. The first poet, when word made flesh came down and burrowed in a cavern this close to a woman's reproductive system, was Mary. And Elizabeth attested to the nascent king, bun in the oven. Bread to be broken, soon he'll be risen. 
and Anna in the temple prophesied loud a story on her lips and Junia and Joanna and Priscilla and Phoebe and Tryphena and Tryphosa and Mary and Martha and Mary and all of these other women who knew they would give birth to more world knew that for once this birth in the world meant new life for them so get in spill some blood have skin in the fight because the worst that's going to happen is yes you're going to die but in fact that's the one death that's truly required crucified me to know crucified christ so get in because my mother was she raised a warrior and my brother is the king and my father is the brawler who overcame sin and the same heart the same blood the same breath that's beating in them is beating in me and he's called me to be a shepherd and I will raise hell to protect those sheep because heaven isn't filled with venerated corpses it's filled with you and you and you and we so women it's time. Let's sing. Here comes the bride. So words sound like they're such a powerful part of your life, Rosie, right? Just the way you speak, you have a... Um like a connection to words and you have like a beautiful vocabulary and obviously being a poet and a spoken word artist, words are your tool. Uh, Mm. But also, I mean, personally, I've been reflecting on um, like John 1 at the moment where the word became flesh, right? And then focusing on words. And so I would be love to hear, I guess, uh, your thoughts on the power of words and and, um, like they seem to be like a tool in your creative belt, but also I guess as a disciple as well. And what what is the power of words to you? What do words mean to you? And how do they, I guess, help you in your spiritual life or in your creative journey? I don't, I'm not very, I'm not being very articulate. I'm so sorry. But like, I just- No, I love it. You are. Words uh, seem to be such a key part of, you know, your, your, who you are and your journey and how, you know, you deal with different things. So I'd love to hear your relationship with words, I guess. Um, I suppose, <laughs> I don't mean that I was a pretentious child, but I was pretty weird and I loved words. And so I remember taking this book to school when I was like seven and it had in the back of it like a bunch of Latin words and their translations. And I was like, I know Latin to all <laughs> my little friends and I'd flick to the back and I'd butcher these words to them and they'd be like, ooh, <laughs> like so good. Um, so I've always, <laughs> but also they were like, stay away from me. Um, so I, I think at, at 11 years old as well, well um like I I'm also very competitive and again haven't always cared what people thought of me so at 11 I'd sit outside our classroom um and I had a book where you uh in the back of it as part of a school project you'd write like the name and the date of the book you read uh in like a summary of it and I turned it into a competition for myself so instead of hanging out with people every lunchtime I'd sit down and read this book just so I could like tick it off at my little thing <laughs> like I just I love words I've, yeah I do have a real a real passion for them but I think that um, 
instead of seeing words as uh, simply a, because they can be a weapon mm. uh, as well. Mm. Like I know that sometimes uh, in, if we've been vulnerable, in online spaces, because I feel so strongly that the kingdom of God is going to be men and women, every per, like every person finding their place, that there's no hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, part of my advocacy over the last seven years has been kind of combating any theology. You know, the scripture that says, and we'll tear down every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So in online spaces, I'm trying to learn graciously to engage in these spaces where people are like, women are just only 75% human. And I'm like, well, and I get in there with my little online fingers <laughs> kind of stuff. But um, I know that a couple of times in the past uh, that I've used words um, that have either been not even like mean, but too big or too lofty um, to connect with people. Mm. And that's actually been a failure on my behalf. Mm. It's not being like, oh, what's up? Ha ha, look at my vocabulary. It's like, oh, well, if I'm longing to bring the truth of the kingdom, then anything I've got at my disposal falls uh, down, like it falls down below love. Like love has to be at the top of mm. that. And so if what I'm doing isn't translating in a loving, way because it's becoming exclusive or it's becoming um yeah weaponized then I actually need to stop and readdress um so the other day I used the word heretical about something and I realized afterwards that that actually shut down the conversation I had never used that word in a you know outside of you know talking with friends and stuff but um when I reflected later to Scott I was my husband I was like oh man I wish that I hadn't used that because I didn't think at the time that that would close things off. So that's the power of words to me Mm. is to open and close. Mm. I mean, in the scripture it says, you know, you have the power on earth uh, and heaven to bind things and loose them. And I think that's the same. Um, I also think about how important it was that God didn't need to speak in Genesis, but God did. that the spirit hovered over the water and God didn't just think that stuff into existence. There's something very powerful about your tongue confessing something that becomes audio, it becomes sound, mm. it becomes able to be received by others. Mm. Um, and that's my like main love of spoken word as I've taught in different countries, I've taught different age groups, I've taught at Recovery Church, I've taught at um, like all these different spaces. I've taught, you know, the oldest person I've ever had has been in their 90s, the youngest uh, recently was seven, and every single person who has come to a workshop has been able to write and communicate something um, deep. So like I'm terrible with numbers. Matthew 12, 34, I only remember because it's one, two, three, four, uh, <laughs> is out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm like, words can open and close and to see words open even in people who don't know how to spell well who uh, would scare them who feel they're illiterate even drawing within that um yeah is the greatest gift because mm. i'm like they get to see and be seen mm. um in te reo maori there's a phrase that says kanohi kete kanohi which means face to face and uh mm. in in maori culture the hongi i don't know if you've ever seen that which is nose to forehead nose to forehead and the significance and intimacy of that is um the sharing of breath and uh, a friend of mine an officer named faye molan said we are actually hongi people we are people of breath that god forehead to nose nose to forehead the first human breathing life and i think that yeah those words can bring life in a way that nothing else can and mm. I just yeah I'm thankful for that mm. that's mm. beautiful that is. I want to jump on that if you don't mind Dan 
Go. Great. Um, I totally agree. And I think you articulated it so beautifully and in the power of words. And, you know, I've experienced a little bit of spoken word here and there, you know, and, and I've seen some of your spoken words and they're beautiful and they're powerful. Um, and I was wondering if you could share um, maybe a story or two of ways Jesus has moved through spoken word, whether a, a personal thing, because I know as a creative, sometimes the most powerful thing is actually Jesus speaking to you in the process rather than like you to audience member or whatever, um, or maybe somebody you've seen or just any, I guess, kingdom wins um, where God has moved through spoken word and the power of spoken word. So this. um so many. Uh, one, in, one in particular, which is actually the reason I'm writing my book, and I hope I do the story justice, um, is a couple of years ago I went down to a small core in the South, well not small, but a core in the South Island um, and did two workshops down there. And so um, I had been at a creative arts camp that the army runs uh, the year before and uh, we did a spoken word pop-up night, like kind of at 10.30 at night. It was like kind of edgy and fun the <laughs> night uh, the year before um, and we'd set everything up. And so this year I'd done the same thing. And so something in my artistry, I try really hard not to get set in stone just because something's worked before and you want to be safe and you want to be successful because mm. that can be the two defining parts of my personality. <laughs> safe and successful, even though God doesn't let me do that. Like, no, you have to let that go. Um, and so this year that I'd done the, uh, the amplifier setup, everything went wrong. Just everything, everything went late. Like the door was locked. People, you know, and I just said to God, if you don't want me to run this, I release this. Like, yes, I'll look like an egg because I've already put the advertising up, but I don't want to nurse my ego above what you want. Mm. And so it was crazy because in that moment, God's like, no, keep going. And so like I opened that, I opened the door that had previously been locked and a friend of mine's husband, Joel, had set it up beautifully and all the candles were in. It's just everything came to being. So there was only like 10 of us 12 of us but one of the young women who was there that night uh, asked me to come down to her core a couple of months later and so that was this core uh, down in the South Island and so at the like little workshop we had that night um, down in the South Island there was uh, maybe 30 of us there and then there was a guy who was like maybe in his 40s and so every time that I do spoken word workshops I try and listen to the spirit for the prompts mm. so I don't prepare the prompts beforehand and also the performance like the Holy Spirit drives that which is always feels really risky because again you want to be safe and successful but that's not the way of the kingdom uh it's unsafe and it often looks like um chaos and so we had um we had uh him come up and he shared his piece and I said okay can you stand up uh there and stay there and we'll get this random young woman to stand up beside you and do hers and so they tried it and it just absolutely didn't work um and it's never happened before he just like didn't get it didn't get the prompts and I was like oh okay you know, all right, you know, sit down, like we won't beat that dead horse, um, it was worth a try, and so I was like, oh, what was that about, and we kept going, and then maybe 10 minutes later, he, you know, popped his hands up, I'm like, you don't have to, you don't have to put your <laughs> hand up, but he's like, I've written something that hasn't been one of the prompts, it's just come to my spirit, can I please um, just perform it, I was like, sure, come up to the front, so he did, and it was, was this poem and it said you know I look in the mirror something along the lines of I look in the mirror who do I see I don't even recognize this person staring back at me but Mm. you know it went on and it's like and when I look harder I see it's Christ behind me and so it was quite emotional and so I was like can you stay up there and then I said to the young woman who it hadn't worked with before I was like can you get up this is a new poem bear in mind can you get up um, and stand there and then then to another young woman I asked her to stand on the other side I said can you uh, what we'll do is we'll share the first half of your poem to the men uh, and then we'll do the second half of 
your, you know, we'll do your poem and then we'll do your part, the second half of your poem. Just, you know, just yeah. go with me there. It was, yeah. it became something new. So he begins and he's like, um, I look in the mirror, who do I see? Who is it who's staring back at me? And so he stops and then she does hers and it's about, um, you know, like kind of the death of the old and kind of like things breaking apart but opportunity. And then he says, um, I look and I see it's Christ staring back at me and then his uh, the girl on the other side was like, it's new life, it's autumn, wow. it's the sun breaking through. And so people like crying. Uh, people, It was very like quite a heavy emotional atmosphere and people are like, crying and I'm like look it's good like but I'm just like yeah all right you know like you do you Uh, but afterwards this I don't want to say like I'm not encouraging but I was just like the response I I didn't fully get it was quite outsized and so afterwards a guy came up to me and he said look you won't know this but um that man those are his two daughters and that actually their mother had passed um a couple of years earlier so this whole story became one of confusion and loss and introspection and joy and hope and possibility for the future. I'm getting goosebumps from men bring it. Uh, and so afterwards he said, to, yeah, it was, you can't make it up. And yeah. so the next day he came up to me and he's like, hey, um, and I was like hanging out with all the young people, even though they're too cool for me. And afterwards they like, um, he came up, he's like, hey, um, I never knew that you could pray on the beach by yourself. I didn't know that there, like that you could write poetry on the beach because I'd said, you know, you, the first thing I teach is space. Like anywhere, anywhere is good to engage. And he's like, I never knew I had it in me to say these words. Like I never, and he said, um, do you have any more prompts? Because that really, that really released something. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I don't, sorry man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I, as I said um, to you guys before the show, like I resigned from my work last week on Friday. I've got to the end of the year, wide open, um, and he um, has come to my mind repeatedly, because people have said to me, write a book, write a book, I was like, I have absolutely no interest in doing that, <laughs> I just, why would I do that, but I thought about him, and I was like, actually, he weighs on my heart, that was three years ago, because I'm like, if I was able to gift something that was a prompt, that was an open, was a yes, was a you go deeper, then that would be something I can get behind. Mm. And so that's what I'm going to do for the next six months is writing, yeah, some of my poetry will be in that book. Like I've written 170 like spoken words. It's quite a lot. I don't know them all off by heart. But, um, but my main thinking is that I want to spend a couple of hours each time I write in prayer and response in that same position of holiness and supplication to ch- not channel but to dig down and um, the the tool is called a spile I think it's like a metal thing I saw it in the Hunger Games <laughs> um, where they like chuck it into a tree and like the sap or the water comes out and I want that time to like let the Holy Spirit dig into me so I can pour out these prompts mm. and um, I told his daughter when I saw her a couple years uh, later and this was only a few months ago that I'll send him the first book like it yeah. should theoretically be my husband and my family or whatever but I was like actually who are my brother my mother um, my, and my sisters and brothers in the kingdom Jesus says it's it's the people yeah. along so I mean I think I want I want him to have that mm-hmm. because I want to see him keep saying yes and keep being open mm-hmm. so yeah that was a real that was incredibly humbling because I was like it wasn't about me like it blessed me yes yeah. but more than that it was I think an affirmation to that family that uh, it's not just kind tea and sympathy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the marvelous power of God at work that can't be argued with. Yeah. Yeah. Humbling. That is huge. A phenomenal story. Yeah. Like that's that's like the unexplainable things that happen when you know Jesus does His thing, yeah. right? Like, mm. and and that's what we strive for, right? The unexplainable. Like I, I can't explain mm. that, but that that's that's just God, man. Um, mm. I, I 
it actually leads really well into something I wanted to touch on with you, which is like the difference between the prophetic and prophetic leadership. And okay. and it's something that <laughs> no buzzwords. It's something that we as a team we had we had a prayer meeting at the start of this week and shout out to Pete and Joe Brookshaw whoop, whoop. who led us in a oh, in a prayer okay. meeting. And Pete actually brought this up with us, and it's just been on my mind ever since. Like, and I was going to reach out to you to ask: Has there been like a defining moment where you've felt something shift from an internal perspective to an outward focus? And I guess like like what you've just mentioned is basically an example of that in some aspects, right? But I guess we know you're authentic. We know you just chase what God puts on your heart. But has there been a time where it's like, okay, I've been doing this. It might've been for myself when we're talking about arts and creativity. It might've been for myself knowing God's put this on my heart, but I'm keeping it to myself instead of actually, no, my perspective needs to change and I need to be leading other people into these areas. Mm. Have you had a moment like that or have you had experiences like that apart from what you've even just spoken about? Because that was a submission of self for others. But just maybe expanding on the prophetic leadership stuff, like I feel like obviously spoken word, prophetic voice, like and and even just speaking to you now, like the prophetic's just oozing out of you basically. And uh, so I'm kind of like, yeah, can you enlighten, I don't know, you maybe have never thought about it, but can you expand on that a little bit for us? I think that, um, okay, I, <laughs> don't judge me. I'm watching The Witcher at the moment. I really love it. It okay. has really strong um, uh, depictions of female leadership and women, uh, just women characters in general, which is like, sometimes quite rare for TV. Uh, but there's one part where they're learning to um, like open portals or something, and they have to have <laughs> a flower, like a living thing, in one hand, and like that. Um, and as they are kind of trying to do this thing in the other, they say magic in the other because they say every conjuring, every bringing up, not conjuring like witchy, although I guess it is, uh, is it. <laughs> It costs life, do you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Like, And so I think that in a similar way, the prophetic or even uh, on an everyday level, disciples, um, to bring the kingdom, to live in the kingdom, it, it costs um, the old, the old life, mm. the old self, that there has to be a death there. There has to be that mm. kind of words of David, I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. There has to be the words of Mary, I'm your maid, um, you mm. know, your will be done. And she literally gave her body. Um, that I think there is in the prophetic a humbling continually. Um, I always have a problem with the word, uh, the phrase, like, even though I got roasted over it, but. I find the um, phrase more of you, less of me is a little bit um, misguided, I feel, because God actually wants us to become more ourselves as God always wanted us to be. Mm. And so in order to be more fully human, yeah. to be more fully myself, that the the things that ape or pretend or mimic or mime or act, Jesus is like, no, that was never meant for you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because I've got something more beautiful. And so I think... Um, when we are battling desires for the prophetic to become tangible, if it's hard, if it costs us something, it's not because God's testing us, it's because there were things that we're holding on to that maybe we should let go um, because God wants something deeper. And all of that to say, when I first began spoken word, um, 
I was good at it. Do you know what I mean? I still am, but do you know what I mean? Like, I, was go- I was good at it and it was something I was great at and I felt good about and there was no question about it. Whereas every other thing, you know, the way that you look, your intelligence, your job, your career, your whatever, there's questions. Whereas with my spoken word, I was like, no, I feel really confident about this. And so when someone asked me to teach it for the first time, it became a big like clash of the titans of my ego and like my security and my safety and the kingdom of God because um, I was like to Scott, my husband, I was like, but I'm good at it. And if I teach other people, they'll be good at it. This is like <laughs> seven or eight years ago. And I was like, I just want to be good at one thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and he's like, don't be stupid. You know, like, don't be, don't yeah. be, so I've just been brutally honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was honestly how I felt. And I just thought, I sometimes see celebrity culture in churches and yeah. this is not a shade or a judgment. This is just a system thing where if you're good at something, you hold on to it for dear life and you yeah. skew it anyone who comes near you and so I was like oh why am I feeling this way and I was like well I'm worried if I give it away I'll have less and other people have more and I'll fade away into obscurity and God was like but it was never meant for just you the breaking of bread doesn't just get in half it doubles and that was the picture Mm -hmm. God gave me was that the breaking becomes doubling and doubling and so that was a crucifixion of my ego because you do want to have something that you're safe and secure and alone but God's like that's me Mm -hmm. it's never your creative gift it's me and so when I taught these workshops that is actually funnily enough become the prophetic announcement of the kingdom through my ministry of me um, not just becoming less but um, taking less for myself and giving more away and I just love seeing people get it Mm. like workshops seeing people find their voice people saying I didn't know I could do this people being like wow I didn't mean to go this deep I didn't know I had it in me I'm like that is what brings me more joy than even my voice being heard Mm. like Mm. when people ask me now they're like would you do spoken word I'm like well have you heard of this young person or this person or would you because I'm like really like not what am I to them because I still want to offer my voice where God wants me to but I'm like I want I want everyone to have the space to hear and be seen and I feel like I'm I'm seen by God like I'm seen by my my community um yeah, and so wherever possible, I think that that's part of that prophetic coming into being, you know, the body of Christ, the, um, the, where it says, you know, the arm, the knee, the leg, the whatever, and then it's like, and the private parts, the special parts deserve more honour, is I'm like, well, that's a verse that, I, you know, like sometimes I grapple with. I'm like, how do the ones who um, maybe don't have the skills that we recognise or admire or care about or people who um, aren't on the, you know, like up the front shiny, well, how are we actually making space? Because God says not only... Do they deserve special honour? But there's something within their journeys that is um, of special honour to our churches Mm. as well. So, yeah, I think. Um, Another, look, if I want to be really honest, another thing has been leaving my job, um, which has been my ministry uh, just for the last six years, and I've absolutely loved. But um, part of that was talking about the way we honour and value women uh, and the way that we pay them as well. And I won't go any further than that, but I knew that um, I had to walk uh, my feet where God was telling me to, even though it cost me something that uh, I said to someone felt like it fit like a wetsuit. And mm-hmm. I was worried if I took it off, I'll never find anything. Again, that common theme, safety and security. I'll never find something that fits as well again. But how um, a friend of mine, Captain Missy Ditchburn, said to me, how can you ask women to trust you and to seek justice for themselves if you won't seek it for yourself? And so that's been part of that prophetic is sometimes it's beauty and grace and opening doors and saying, 
yes and sometimes it's closing mm. and ending and that endeavor putting it back away here and walking out into the unknown and the mystery so I feel like that's been the prophetic coming to pass that it's not just a matter of words but of spirit and mm. peace and yeah sometimes war as well mm. um to the old ways so yeah that's that's a bit of brutal honesty on my behalf thank you for sharing thank you yeah <laughs> That like I I don't say this on on the podcast. I don't think I've ever said this, but I I I, I truly believe like the Holy Spirit was speaking to people as you were just speaking. Like, mm. like it was never meant for just you. Is such a powerful line, and it spoke to me as you were speaking, and and just that perspective shift. Um, I think is a really good practical takeaway from what you were just talking about. Mm. I don't know where I'm going with that. I just thought it was really <laughs> powerful. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. I'm, yeah, thank you. Hard one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think as creatives, it's it's interesting, right? Because it starts personal. We learn a skill, right? Mm. And it's just you with a guitar playing in your bedroom, figuring out chords, <laughs> being like, okay, that was wrong. Yeah, great, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know, and then you gain a bit more confidence and you you might be playing with others, but it can still be that very, like, internal perspective of, like, mm. I'm just trying to go. But as we grow and develop, um, you know, and I think also it's very much connected to our spiritual journey, actually mm. it becomes less about us and more about yeah. others. And not others because that's the right thing to do, not others because that's the culture. Like, I think in the Salvation Army, we actually – focus on serving others a lot in my experience you know but it's not others for the sake of of serving others it's it's like through god if that makes sense Mm. it's an outpouring it's um being a vessel of for jesus to come and use and so i think i mean that's it's something i've I've been thinking a lot about lately um and it's that shift and not because mm. it's what we do, but because mm. out of love and out of response to God and who, mm. what he has done for us and who he's calling mm. us to be and calling us to do. And, uh, yeah, about being obedient and to his spirit and where that he is leading us and living with open hands, mm. right, <laughs> which is so mm. not easy to do. <laughs> we just want to be like, I've got it. I'm great. Here we go. Mm. Life is okay. But actually be like, just letting go. I, I'm doing actions with my hands. I've just realized we're a podcast uh, and no one can see me. So <laughs> I hope good. you can. It contributes. People can feel it. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a hard image for people to grasp. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, just reflecting more. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, when you were saying that, Shush, I had a picture of, I think in pictures as well, and that's part of the prophetic, is of a dandelion. Like mm. when you grow and it's got the little stem bit and the little flower bit and as it comes into blossom, it becomes itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like now it is a dandelion and yet unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it's never going to fall to bloom. So yeah. actually it completing its purpose is every part yes. blowing out to the four corners of the earth and it feels like a loss. Um, I read this beautiful a quote from a woman who um, I can't remember the name of now but she said "May she's a poet as well and she said may you see each ending not as a death but an opportunity Mm. and I think like that was just you know when you think of the dandelion like it's just everywhere and I wrote a poem that I haven't shared um like I haven't shared online yet, but it was about, you know, leaving the, the ending, the death, because I have felt like it's a death, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it's rough to leave something you love. Mm. Um, but part of the poem was um, that perfume. Oh, I hope I don't cry. Mm. Um, <laughs> but it's okay if I do, because emotions are great. Yeah. Um, but that, 
Uh, perfume is made to be poured out and smelt and to disappear and dissipate and mm. be inhaled and to fill lungs. And that, that it's once it's freed from its pretty prison that it becomes who it's really supposed to be. Like it, yeah. it completes its mission. And yeah. so I feel that that is um, not just a single life because all our lives are called to be poured out, but it's our actions every day. Mm. Um, a guy who works at uh, Creative Ministries in New Zealand, um, Chris Singh, was saying that it's uh, in an interview we did recently with him about um, women of influence you he said it's you know choosing the right thing every day and it's just the little thing the little thing and so that for me I think is how I've built um, not just credibility with others because that hasn't been uh, my main thing but uh, confidence in who I am and my relationship with God and my creativity is to the best of my knowledge, I have done the best I can with what I have to say yes to God. Mm. Um, and I used to be crippled by fear with um, Jeremiah. I can't remember what it is, but uh, where it says, for the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And I'm like, look, if there's anyone who's secretly worshipping Satan and doesn't know it, it's me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I used to be like horrified as a young teenager that I was um, just deceived. You know, I grew up in a, in a church, a Baptist church that had a lot of that fear-based thinking. Um, but then one day I was like I just felt the Holy Spirit be like just choose what's right what you th- and, and if you're wrong like I'll correct you mm. and I feel like that's part of the rigidity or the bit where we're stuck in tar you know the old tar pits from back in dinosaur days or whatever or, um, is that like if we are too afraid to be wrong to apologize to repent to make amends to reconcile then we're never going to take risks and we're never going to be authentic because we're worried our back will break and something I thought as well is like we talk about having a spine of steel as if it's a pole down our back like, I have to be courageous. I have to do this. I have to keep going. But actually, a spine is however many vertebrae. Mm. And, like, it's it's disc upon disc upon disc. So when these foundations of my knowledge and my hope in God and my faith in God are all, like, solid, it means that even if I slip a disc and it's painful, God can, like, keep working in that. Yeah. So I don't need to be rigid. I don't need to be fearful. Yeah. It helps me be a little bit freer from judgment of others. Mm. I read something great today that said, look, um, you know, like, it's uh, really feminists as feminist people who long to see the kingdom of God um, through women and men coming together we are not criticizing individuals all the time we're, we're hoping to criticize the system and so for me when I think about the church I love the Salvation Army that I love the movement that I love the church big C around the world I'm like I want those systems the rod to be taken out of our back because what do rods do but beat and you know yeah. form a, yeah. like inflexible framework and I want those individual articles of faith those things we believe the articles of war whatever it is to be we can be fluid and like Pip's um, interview, her seven days um, like so we can dance and we can be fluid yeah. like I think that that is the call and the mission of the, we're called a movement yeah. do you know what I mean, we're yeah. not called a structure yeah, like, yeah. we're literally made to move and so that's my hope Yeah, I love that right because it's like I just think with the church we're, we're broken people right yeah. and we're going to get it wrong and so instead mm. of I guess beating the church down for being yeah. like yo you got it wrong be like hey loser yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay great we got it wrong let's pivot let's shift let's move and do what god is calling us mm. to do instead of either like i think not necessarily like giving up but or or alternatively <laughs> like sitting back and be like well you stuffed it up you know and actually mm. like i think that's that's a journey that each individual goes on in terms of like their relationship mm. with the church. But actually, yeah, that idea of movement and being like, cool, we got it wrong. Let's 
probably no surprises yeah. because we're human and we stuff up. Let's acknowledge yeah. it and let's shift. Let's do, as you say, like the next right thing, right? Like what yeah. is the right thing that God is calling us to? Um, and, you know, like I think we're silly if we pretend like we don't get it wrong and, and don't yeah. like actually have to confess and be like and repent and be like we stuffed up, you know. But let's mm. let's have grace, the same grace Jesus has for us on each other and, and be like, mm. hey, let's receive that and adapt and shift and, and, and move forward into what God is calling us the, the next right thing mm. to do. Yeah, mm. that just resonated with me. <laughs> externally processing here. <laughs> I love external processing. I'm all about it. <laughs> it is very frozen too as well, Shush. <laughs> the next right thing. Great song. Great song. Yeah, in Beautiful my head voice, I'm going Josh, frozen well. Oh no, I will cut that out later. We don't. No one needs to hear oh. that. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna continually loop that for sure. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just in the make that the intro to future episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So looking forward to that. Nah. Um, I'm gonna be. I. I think we can probably almost leave it there, Shush. Are you I feeling think so. that? I'm feeling like yes. Yes, I'm I am feeling too. that. I, what I would nice. say is, though, like, Rosie, like, I feel like I've been inspired by ev- all of the above that we have just done. But, <laughs> it, it, like, as far as if someone was listening that might be, you know, inclined to want to do something spoken word or even just mm. in general, not just spoken word, just their art and mm. wanting to kind of endeavour on it, but they are fearful. I know you just spoke around this this fear, but... Like, are there? Do you have any other words of inspiration that you already have not said? Is basically my question. <laughs> um, release. Yeah, a lot of my poetry is um, all of it is honest. Some of it's celebratory. Some of it's mourning. Mm. Some of it is um, ruthless. <laughs> but one of the lines that I think of was um, as I was writing about, like, yeah, finishing my work and having six months of unemployment was that. Um, fear for me is a stronger motivator than love Mm. Uh, you know what I mean like sometimes it honestly can be and so really when we think of um, like choosing not to create or uh, wrestling or struggling with creating and choosing not to you have been motivated by something you have chosen something so um, yeah and I understand that because there is fear of being judged and fear of everything else but actually um, I believe that the Holy Spirit when we spend time with God and yeah really in the word however you like that whether that's journaling or reading bible or audio bible or whatever that is even like inspirational quotes of the scripture um you read on facebook is like that that will perfect love does drive out fear Mm -hmm. and it might be just the as we talked about that little decision the next right thing maybe it is just being like well i can't be entirely fearless or entirely anxious uh, like not anxious today or not you know like but that in this one little moment, I'm going to do one little thing and I'm going to try and not let fear motivate, motivate me for this little bit or even create on that fear of what you're thinking about that's already happening and been written on the whiteboard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That I think that God um, longs for your freedom. A friend of mine said to me mm. recently that um, 
a word she thinks of when she talked to me is unbound. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting word because I was like, why would it not just be just free? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then I thought, well, free things uh, might have been imprisoned at one point and then free, or they might have always been free. But to be unbound is to be free from constraints and to have had those taken off you. And so I think for people longing to create in that space of fear or longing to see freedom, just maybe even create by saying a prayer in that moment of like, God, will you unbind me in this area? Because that is a form of creation. If we look at Genesis and God created by saying those words, well, you've already begun. And yeah, Mm. I'll never be the best at spoken word in the world. I'll never be, you know, the top of anything in the entire universe. But I know that I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And that to God is beautiful. Mm. And so I'd say the same thing for you. Like, yeah. Do the best you can with what you have, and it's beautiful to God. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, oh. look, I just want to say that this has been amazing. Yeah. And I, I've, <laughs> I've never met you. We spoke about that. I've never met you. I've heard, <laughs> yeah. I've heard about you, and everything I heard was uh, very true. I did say I did say the word genius before, but uh, I, I no. made that up. But no, yeah, I, I, honestly, like we we like to honor the people that we have on, and not like I just. Like I I I resonate really well with like, you know how you're talking about how like it was you you you're not in the box like like people you're not as expected, and mm. I resonate with that. Um, <laughs> and I just want to honour you for your commitment to not let that sway you for the negative, mm. and you let that sway you to the positive, and that that obviously speaks as to where your eyes and your heart are pointed and that is at mm. Jesus and that is so apparent in speaking to you like mm. you you are just oozing you are oozing the holy spirit and it is it's been Thanks. amazing and obviously you're a very wise person and it is <laughs> it is it is not because of anything of you but it is because of the holy spirit mm. in your life and um mm. yeah that that i just want to honor you for that I, I think you. that's amazing and I, I want to uh, let you know that you're in my thoughts over the next six months or however long you're unemployed for because that obviously <laughs> is an interesting time. But as soon as that book's done, please let us know because yeah. I, I want to read that thing. Pay my rent. Yeah, no, I'll buy it. I'll, buy, I'll pay. We are you should do a it. pay what you want thing, you know. Pay pay what you want for the book. I'll give you yeah. I'll give you a good $1.50, $2, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. I want to honour you too, Rosie. You, I have so much respect for you. And you, you speak out of a depth. Like, your yeah. soul just has such depth and layered. But not in like a... This sounds weird. But like, you know, sometimes I, I hear people and I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. But they feel so out of like touch. Whereas you feel so yeah. authentic and relatable. And I'm like, man, she could be like my that's best so friend. You know, like, it's yeah. just like so like right there. But like, I just mm. am so inspired by the depth and the wisdom that you speak out of. Um, it's like, it just has this idea of a deep well as such, which is like your soul. And it's just full of like the riches of heaven. And I, that is just so, it, and it has poured out today. And like, I know yeah, Dan and I are sitting just... here being like, just overwhelmed by like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm sure this is as well. Are like, wow, she just speaks out of a, a wealth and I I want to thank you for that and you know I, I know that comes um that doesn't happen overnight and that doesn't happen mm. like mm. just accidentally that's mm. like in time with Jesus like alone for years and years and communion mm. rich communion with him in the good and the sucky and the everywhere <laughs> in between you know um yeah 
So I just want to say that, like, thank you for um, being obedient to the spirit. Thank you for um, coming and sharing with us today. It has, it it has blessed me abundantly, and I am sure yeah. it will have fruit for the kingdom that we we may not know about, um, but you know, God will use in whatever way He's going to use it for His kingdom. So I just want to honor you and say thank Thanks, you. Josh. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Mm. 7 Days. We hope you enjoyed that episode. It was a good one. Uh, So Dan, if people liked the episode, what can they do? Well, there's a few things you can do if you're an avid listener. (laughs) And uh, first and foremost would be to subscribe. So you click that subscribe button on our podcast. You will be updated every time a new one has been uploaded. Straight to your phone, you'll you'll find out. Here it is, Dan and Shush in my lounge room with me. So subscribe. Another thing you can do if you're so inclined is rate. The higher the rating is, the more listeners we get, people. So if you like us and you think more people need to hear this, rate. Rate it. Right away. Don't just let our parents be the only people that rate this thing. So subscribe, rate. You can also leave a comment if you want. Give us some feedback. Uh, we welcome all feedback. You can hit us up at our email as well for around mm-hmm. that, which will be in the descriptor of this podcast. But, yeah, just show some love. So sh- show some electronic love. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Um, or if, tell if your it's friends. resonating with you. you know? Or tell your dear. You need to tell your friends. If you know of any creative people, that this would really inspire, please tell them. Let, let's let's make sure that this isn't just staying in-house. Let's go and get some other people in our community. So you avid seven-day listeners, we love you all, but we want more. Let's do it. <laughs> That's right. And if our podcast, you're just like, oh, man, I love listening to podcasts, but seven days only comes out once a fortnight, well... Don't worry, because actually we have a friend of ours who does a podcast weekly. It's called Stories of Hope. It's with Bryce Davies, who's an absolute legend, and we highly recommend it. So make sure you check it out. G'day, Major Bryce Davies here. We can all use a little burst of hope in our lives. So tune in to Stories of Hope podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Bless you.